Hey, for this week's episode, we're going to dive into Sharon's favorite verses. So stay tuned and you're going to get to hear the ones that she loves the most. Welcome to the God's Best for Your Life podcast with Greg and Sharon Fletcher. Welcome, everybody. We are excited to be here. I'm Greg, and this is Sharon, and we really want to help people find God's best for their life. And so in this episode, we're going to dive into Sharon's favorite verses. And so uh, it's always interesting to try to boil it down to five. I found I know for me, in the next episode, we're going to be doing mine. And, and so to, to really boil it, boil it down to five was difficult. Yeah. I don't even know if I really got my favorite ones. I just got ones that really meant a lot to me. And sometimes it depends on the day. You know, like or the some, need, yeah, yeah, which is really what we're talking about, yeah. right? Yeah, but sometimes, but these these are five verses that have consistently ministered to me for thirty years. Yeah, you know, so that's that's longer what I than would, thirty years, right? Probably, but yeah. <laughs> well, I'm only thirty one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ever since she was yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm older than that. <laughs> so you know, I I know for me the 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 word holds a special place and it, and it means so much and it's obviously our lifeline to God. Yeah. And so getting into scripture and really meditating on it and spending time letting God, uh, kind of change you with his word and change your understanding and, and enlarging your, your understanding, uh, really does, uh, make a huge impact in your Christian walk. So we want to encourage everyone to, to get in the word. And, yeah. And, it's a reflection of the character yeah. of God. And I think, as I look over this list, it uh, every single one of these explains to me a little bit more about who God is. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's start off with the first one. What's the first one? Uh, the first one I had written down was Psalm 17, 8. And it is a Psalm of David, and he is saying, Keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. And on first glance, as you read through that, it's 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 nice, you know. And I've heard people preach on it before, but um, it always was kind of it, it was always kind of puzzling to me because I mean I like apples as much as the next person, but they're not like my favorite fruit, you know. It's so, kind of it's it's really kind of more of an old world saying, right? Yeah, yeah, it, I it's think not so. a saying that a lot of people use now, right? So, but like when I was thinking, well, like some like your favorite apple. I mean, I guess if you like apples, then that's great. But so I was like, why why did he use that phrase and? Um, it's also so I looked back at what the words actually meant and what it was talking about was not an apple of the fruit but you know like when they have those anime characters and they have those little white squares or rectangles in their eyeballs reflections yeah they're little reflections to that and and like if they're crying they shake on the the cartoons we have four kids so I've seen a a cartoon (laughs) or two but um, that's what's called the apple of the eye. It's not actually an apple at all. It's the reflection of a light source that is around the eyeball that's looking at the moment, you know. And so, um, but it's even, so that kind of sounds a little more personal, like, oh, wow. So I want God to keep me as the apple of his eye, you know. But in the Hebrew, it even goes in deeper than that. And it was a, so such a beautiful imagery when I, when I studied it, because literally it means keep me as the pupil or the daughter of the eye. And what it's talking about is, um, the reflection of someone that is in the eyeball of someone looking at them. 
So like, let's suppose you and I, Greg, were standing face to face. If I were to look at in your eyeball, if I was that close and I could see, I, I would see the reflection of the room. I could see if there were lights, I could see the reflection of the lights in your eyeball, but I could also see a reflection of myself in your eyeball. I mean, it's kind of a weird image, but that's what that's talking about. When it says, keep me as the daughter of the eye. And if you look up in the New American Standard, it actually says that it has a little um, footnote. It says that that's actually literally what it says. It says, keep me as the daughter of the eye. And so what we're, what, what the psalmist is asking God to do is to keep him in the image of God's eye, like keep, keep his image in God's eye so that I, God is always looking directly at him and he always has God's full attention. And I love that imagery because he's saying, God, I just don't want you to ever leave me. I don't want you to ever not know where I am or what I'm doing. And I just, I want to keep, I want to be so close to you that I see who I am in the reflection of your eye. Mm. And, and I love that because basically that's what God wants for us. Because if you read through the Bible, God is telling us his heart for us. And so God's heart for us is to find our reflection, our image in his eye. And how God looks at you and how God sees you is different than what you may see in the mirror. His reflection, that your reflection in his eye is, is not the same reflection you see when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> as I'm getting older, you know, that reflection is like, whoa, what happened? You know, but with, with the Lord, his, my reflection in his eyes is beautiful. And he sees the, the potential. He sees all the wonderful things and he, and it's full of love. When someone looks at you with love, it changes how you look to them. And so that's, that's why I love that scripture because it, it, it's saying, don't ever stop looking at me and help me to find who I am, my reflection in your, in and, your and so that one really kind of means a lot to you because that's your heart's desire. Yeah. So it's interesting. God writes this in his word and it ends up str- strumming the, the strings of our own hearts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I mean, and, and, but what's amazing to me is that that is our heart's cry. But that, that cry was put into our hearts by God because God wants to fill it. And that's what he's saying in the scripture. That, that That's a prayer to him that we can pray that we know he'll answer yes. So I think I just love that. I think that's really cool. All right. So that and that was Psalm 17, 8. Yes. By the way. So if just you're to make curious, sure we cover that one. And we only talked about the first half of it. Yeah. There's another one, Hide Me in the Shadow of Your Wings, which I'm sure is absolutely amazing too. So study that out and, and send us an email and let us know what yeah. you think. <laughs> um, the next one. Uh, okay. So the second verse that, that means a lot to me is uh, Psalm 103, 12. I'm seeing a pattern here. <laughs> I do. You, you I like do, the Psalms? I do hang out in the Psalms. I like the Psalms because. Um, David and Asaph and the sons of Korah and I think Moses wrote some and Solomon maybe have written one or two but uh, they all are are people and they write about how they feel and they're having a bad day and this is what's happening in my life. It's very relatable. It's kind of like the diary. (laughs) It's kind of like David's diary. (laughs) I guess so. Now that I think about it. You know, so it's like, oh, I'm not the only one that feels rejected. I'm not the only one yeah, that feels it's alone. A, it's a touchy-feely book. It is, a little more. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a history the, book. No. <laughs> no. And they were all meant to be sung, and I, and I love What's interesting, sing. you can marry psalms along with some of the things that go on yes. in some of the other books, because they speak of what he was, where yeah, his, where his where, mental, yeah. where he was mentally 
during you know a certain other time and and i love that too because it kind of gives you the backstory Mm -hmm. behind those situations you know like psalm 51 was written right after david found out or 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 samuel came and and convicted david about his his uh, adultery and and stuff and so it was his version of a confession you know of confessional you Mm -hmm. know his his breaking before god and and asking god for mercy and and um and help and you know and and he's just pouring out his heart and and i find not that particular situation but (laughs) most of the a lot of the other uh psalms are are full of of god i feel alone yeah god where are you yeah um i that my life it covers the gamut of the human experience it really does and it's Mm -hmm. nice to know that someone such as david or or the sons of of korah or asaph or the other people that are written about in the bible that we know go on to do amazing things had a moment of humanness yeah they were they had weakness. as opposed to proverbs which is much more mental yes it's like you need to do this it's, solomon had all the answers it's well <laughs> and it's just much more it's it's actually a quite strenuous book in my opinion because it's so granular mm-hmm. right yeah it's it, there's not there's like a bunch of different things yeah, ideas yeah. yeah i mean you get together. you get sections but anyway but we digress so yes anyway so, so your second <laughs> your second psalm or your second verse that is your one of your favorites is psalm 103 12 and that says as far as the east is from the west so far he has removed our transgressions from us yeah i mean that's i love that one because it reminds me of uh a time that I've probably I mentioned on another podcast. Yeah, this is a great story. But uh, thanks. But uh, I was in college and I was home for the for the summer, living with my parents here in St. Louis. And uh, they both had cars and they both worked full time, so it fell to me to take care of all of the housework. So I was like the stay at home housekeeper slash, you know, cook and whatever that needed to be happening at home. So. So one day I was folding clothes and playing with our dog. We had a little miniature schnauzer named Laddie. He was cute. Anyway, so I was playing fetch with the dog and I was folding clothes and I was just kind of talking to the Lord, just just chit-chatting as you do. And I said, you know what, God, you can teach me um, in any situation in life. Lord, what can you teach me right now with what I'm doing? And I expected him. With folding laundry. Folding laundry. And See, playing there you fetch go. The dog. Guys, you know, God cares about all the things. He does. He does. <laughs> And I, you know, I expected it it would be something about clothed in righteousness or something, you know, but what he said was, don't go fetch. He was, and he he pointed out to the scripture. He said, as far as the East is from the West, so far have I removed your transgressions from you. So when, when you confess your sins, I take them and I throw them as far as the East is from the West. Don't go fetch. And, and what he was saying was, you know, when, when you confess your sins to God, God takes them. And he honestly, as far as he's concerned, they never happened. They're gone. They're no longer yours anymore. They're, they, they're gone. The strings are, are cut. Don't go back and go get it and bring it back to him, which is something that I had evidently been doing. You know, I would confess a sin that, that I was sincerely penitent about, sincerely sorry, and, and maybe brokenhearted over. And I just kept bringing it back up to God here. Oh, I'm so sorry I did this. He's like, quit. <laughs> I've already taken it. I've already thrown it as far as the east is from the west. We've all done that. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, don't go fetch. So don't, I mean, it's almost like, you know, if you've ever had played with a dog fetch, they are just waiting for you to throw it so they can go get it. Yeah. But he he's like, no, don't do that. Why do we do that? 
I I don't I don't think we we fathom the depth of forgiveness that God has for us. I don't think we ever experienced that. Not like, in, not in our day to day. Not in the natural. No. Oh, our relationship with God is completely not the same. I mean, like with people, you know, some people <laughs> yeah. say they forgive you, and they, and they might try. I mean, let's say the best possible scenario where someone actually they say they're going to forgive you, and they do their best to try it. It still has residue mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. But with what you're saying is with with God, there is no residue. Yeah, and he and he doesn't want us. He doesn't want us carrying that around either, because what the dog. That um, Laddie, our little schnauzer, was going and picking it up and carrying it back. Mm. He doesn't want us to carry those the things burden. anymore. The burden. I mean, that was the whole point of Jesus. Jesus bore that burden. Jesus bore that sin already. So why would I want to pick it up? You know, he, he doesn't want you to pick it up. He doesn't want you to pick those up. He wants you to let them go. When you give them, them to him, they're on Jesus now. They're gone. As far as he's concerned, as far as the east is from the west, which is another thing I always found interesting about that scripture as, as a scientist, um, I found it interesting that he used east and west instead of north and south, because there is an end to the north and there is an end to the south. So you can find the North Pole. And, and, and once you go north, if you keep going the same direction, it'll eventually start going south. So North and South actually meet at the North Pole and at the South Pole. But East and West never touch. Hmm. Like if you keep walking East and you go around the entire world, you're still going East. You haven't hit West. So I, I, I mean, God did that on purpose. Yeah. You know, and, and I find, I mean, it's just. What's it, really crazy? What a really fry your noodle? What? Is he knew that when he, did, when he created East and West. Wow. Yeah. He knew that. He knew that. And, and he knew he was going to put it in his word. Isn't that amazing? He's and so smart. Chicken and the egg. I, I swear he is so smart. He is. Uh, that's and that's I, I love as a scientist. I love finding things in the Bible that are scientifically correct. Yeah. And like that. That's the 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 gentleman. I think it was Magellan. Somebody can correct me. Um, in the comments, but I think it was Magellan that found the currents that were in the the uh, underwater currents that were able to help them circumnavigate the globe because of the scripture that says mm. that he's made pathways in the seas. Wow. Which I, th- I found fascinating. That's awesome. And this was in Psalms, you know, so it's amazing. Anyway, so that's, that's so, what. So that was number two. So, that was number two. So again, when, when we receive God's forgiveness, we need to let it go all the way. Yeah, and yeah. and then don't go fetch. And don't go fetch. Which we have a great T-shirt. <laughs> we do. It's in our spring st- or our teespring spring. teespring store. Yes, it's really cute. Yep. All right, so number three. What's what's your number three favorite verse? Now, granted, these are probably not in any order, Mm-mm. or maybe they might be. No, not so really. So it's just the third one we're bringing. I up. think I think they're in order of when they appear in the Bible. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did I did make an order. That would be very much like you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I yes, did. Yes. I did them in, in order yep. of the Bible. Uh, it's it's Romans eight thirty two, and I'll bet you this is a favorite verse of a lot of people. Um, all of Romans eight is just chock yeah, full. It is. It is. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it made it on your list. If if something in Romans eight, <laughs> but you no, it no. didn't. But you know, it probably should have been. <laughs> maybe maybe next time. <laughs> Six through. What's well, interesting? We're probably gonna we're probably gonna do this probably once a year and and challenge ourselves to have five new verses. Yeah, yeah. That'd be a good, good that challenge. That would be good. But I was just thinking about this the other day, this this exact verse. I think yesterday as I was grocery shopping. It says, uh, Romans eight thirty two says, 
he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? And it, it was just, uh, I, I, I'm just, it, it fries my noodle to think about how much God loves us. Mm-hmm. It, it absolutely, I mean, you cannot fathom it. You cannot, it, you cannot contain it. Your, your understanding cannot contain it. Because, I mean, in the scripture, he's saying, look, if I didn't spare Jesus, my, my favorite, my best for you. How, how in the world am I going to hold back anything so, else? So let's stop for a second. So in that context, the word spare, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, a good tip when you're studying scripture is always pay attention to the verbs. In that particular context, he's talking about sparing Jesus from what? What is he sparing Jesus from? From the crucifixion, from giving up his entire life. Actually, it wasn't just even the crucifixion. It was his whole life. Mm-hmm. 33 and a half years and honestly, I don't, I don't know if people have thought about this, but who Jesus was before the incarnation and, and his life here and the resurrection and the, and the crucifixion resurrection, he was a different person before he came to earth. So he actually, who he was, was different because now he is um, a, a resurrected human. When you say different person, you mean like, not based on like it was the same person but it's just a different form Mm -hmm. and that form was never the same again because it says he's going to have scars well and when not when i think of the word spare there i'm I'm thinking of um save him from right so i'm thinking of that phrase right so you think about it did jesus deserve to die no he didn't um, he was sinless, right? He he didn't he didn't sin. He didn't deserve punishment or death or any of right. those things, and so the 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 whole concept of uh, sparing him is from the the idea that you know God could have. In other words, I think there there was a right that that Jesus could have uh, taken part of, and that he could have gone. You know, I don't. I'm not into this. I think I'm just going to go home, right? You know. Yeah, I'm done. And, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> And they, they don't deserve it or whatever. Yeah, you know? which was true. Yeah, and and so the point being is, but God God didn't save Jesus from the penalty and the challenge and the and the purpose that, that he was sent for. And so the the point being is that's how final it is, and that's really that's the that's the intensity level that we can really kind of read this with, you know that that he and it says that he but he delivered him over for us all. Right, so it, it, that shows you how serious God was, how serious Jesus was in this regard, and it also shows you the options that they could have taken, but didn't. And since they didn't, it shows you their character. It shows you how much when you can look at them as people, or not people, but persons. Right, you can look at the heavenly Father as a person of what His character is, and and seeing His commitment level, seeing Jesus's commitment level. And then how they look at you now through the lens of his perfect sacrifice, right? And that's so intense because they don't see you anymore. When you receive Christ, you become a new creation. That's what the word says. So now they see you differently. And that's the part that I think a lot of people struggle with or maybe never even contemplate is what do I look like now to the Father, you know, compared to what I did before, right? What does he see in me? And and really it comes down to he sees Jesus on us. Sure. You know, and then because he sees Jesus on us 
and Jesus was that perfect sacrifice. That's how he can freely give us all things. Right. But that that was his purpose to begin with. Mm -hmm. And I think that's for me, what means so much to me about that verse is that God is showing me how much, how important I am to him. Yeah. You know, and, and and if he didn't spare Jesus, how in the world is he going to spare my water bill? Mm. How in the world do I even consider that God wouldn't help me when I've got a broken arm or when I need help with my parenting, my kids? I mean, that's all no, things. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it says, how will he not also with him, with Jesus freely give us all things? So he is, tr- he is pouring out his grace, pouring out his blessings. That's his heart for us. He's the reason he gave us Jesus was to show his overwhelming love mm-hmm. to inundate us. John three sixteen, yeah. right? To to he, he, there was there was nothing else more important than Jesus. So he's like, I want them to know the 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 amazing, vast lavishness of my love. So I'm going to, I'm not going to spare him, but I'm going to deliver him over. Yeah, I mean, because he all. wanted he wanted to save us all, right? John three seventeen, yeah. right? So yeah. And so now that that's taken place, we have this beautiful relationship with our yeah. father now. Yeah. And and things are good, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now that doesn't mean that that, you know, you can go to God and say, you know, I want a solid gold Ferrari, right? That's <laughs> that's not what that's all about. No. But <laughs> he, he knows he what's is, good for you. The too. father is free to care about that which you care about. And you're free to absorb what the father cares about. And that's what's really cool. Because now suddenly, yeah, like what Sharon was saying, like if you have if you have issues, because we all have issues, we all have things that we have to work on. Like or problems that we health have related, right? Yeah. Gosh, how many people have had some health challenges oh, in the yeah. last two years? Yeah. You know, financial, definitely that. Um, relationships, um, you know, mental, right? You know, the, the, sure. the mental aspects of things. Oh, yeah. Sometimes <clears throat> even more so, I think. It's because the days go on oh, yeah. and things are so crazy. Yeah, it, it has really made life has more, become com- yeah, it's a, more complicated. A, a more mental game. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or really, or, or I say relationships only, but I'm just sitting there thinking about our families and how to lead our, our families and, and take care of those people around us. So. How to hold on to your job. Yeah, yeah. How to how to navigate the, the the weird things that are going on in the world, you know, and and the stressful things. And so those all count in the quote all things, and that's yeah. so that's the good news of the gospel right yeah. there. That's a beautiful verse. So when we need something from God, the idea that we don't deserve it. Or haven't earned it crosses our minds yeah. almost every time, you know, until we've learned better. That's that's just the natural way we think of things because yeah. it's all about earning. This know? verse is all about changing what you believe and how you think. Yeah. So instead of doing that, we need to remember what God has already given us. What what God has already given you. And is what you're asking for any more important than Jesus? No way. No way. No it's way. not. Mm-mm. So not, then, to, not to whom you're asking for. No, it's from, not. Yeah. No. Not to God. Not to the Heavenly Father, no. Not to God at all. So when you're asking for God to help you with your water bill or to help you make a car payment or to help you find your dog or to help you with your wayward children, you know, you know, we tend to think, well, what have I done to earn this? Well, it was because of those things he sent Jesus in the first place. I know, because we couldn't earn it. Yeah. So go read John three seventeen. I know. Right? God didn't come to condemn the world, but to save yes. it. The whole point is that, you know, God wants to be able to, he wanted to be freed up so that he could work in your life. Yeah. That's the whole point Jesus came. Yeah. 
and he wanted to lavish you with his love. Yeah, it wasn't he to started with it Jesus. wasn't to beat up on the world. It was to save the world. <laughs> I know. I but know. but we we get it wrong in our heads, or we're taught that you know by and media or the weird of the pray, media. or we or we we, we yeah. shoot our faith in the foot. Yeah, or, or we lie to ourselves, or we believe the lies that the enemy tells us yeah. that we that we don't matter, we're not important to God, and this verse pokes a hole in that. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it does. That's just that, that's ludicrous. All right, that's okay. A, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> I can tell. All right, number four. Yeah, number four. All right, this is actually two verses, but they go together, so I'm going to count it as one. First <laughs> Corinthians 2, 12 and 13. It says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who's from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. And it really goes kind of along with what we were just talking about. And it's that, and this is just the next step. It's, it's, we, we've received Christ that God has given to us so that he could freely bless us, uh, and give us all things, but he's also given us of his spirit so that we can know what, what belongs to us and so, what things freely God has given to us. Did the apostle Paul who wrote the Romans eight thirty two when we just talked about it and now first Corinthians, the apostle yeah, Paul wrote did. both of those. He was very much into paradigm shifts. Yeah. You know, and, and, and what we mean by that, if you don't know what the word paradigm shift, it means just the change of thinking and believing. A, a, words, a drastic yeah, he, he, reorganizing yeah, a reorganization of, thoughts. yeah. of thoughts and and belief structures. And, you know, he spent a lot of time holding up things saying, hey, you remember this? Yeah, that's not real. And this is more, this is the real. Yeah. And, and showing you this is what God did and what Jesus did on the cross and Here's why all this changes for you just because you're a believer. Yeah. And, and, and how you're a new creature. Yeah. And you're I think this is one new. of those ones yeah. that is, it's very much like that. So let's go back through this one slower. Okay. Cause it's, since it's two verses <laughs> and not one, she broke the rules. Y'all see what I have to live with? You're a saint. Yes. My, my burden to bear for all Your of y'all. crown is, is heavy. So, um, <laughs> so let's go back through. So now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, right? So it's talking about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the new birth. For the, from the, all the believers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that we may know. So now there you go. Know is an important word. If we, if we had prepared a little bit more, we probably could have come back with the Greek word for that. But basically, it's, let's just think about it's what we know in our minds. You know, and uh, and the, the the things freely given to us by God. So you know, we think about what did we? We didn't have to pay any money to get saved. Yeah. You know, we didn't have to go off and dig a hole somewhere and earn it. Right. We were able to receive it. It does cost, but that's a whole nother verse. But yes, anyway, but it doesn't cost us. Yes. And so uh, the point being is that because of the Spirit of God, we can we can know what God has done in our lives, like what he what he has done for us, and then. The interesting little section there, which things we also speak. Hmm. That's a good one. That's a really good one. <laughs> so if you think about it, when it talks about things which we also speak. So we don't usually make it a habit, at least at least not in, in our own lives, of sitting around saying things that aren't true just for the sake of saying it. Right. There are some people that make a habit of lying in life, but we're not talking about them. We're talking about our, we're talking about this, that, you know, we sitting around talking about what is true. Right. 
sitting around talking about what is true. And then as it pertains through the knowledge of what has been freely given to us. So if we go backwards with that a little bit, so if we sit around and if we, if we start to really believe all the things that God has given to us, as we acknowledge them, as the Holy Spirit reveals to them, which is in the beginning of this verse, then we start to say it out loud. Yeah. And that is, that's where the rubber meets the road for what, what I would call mature Christianity. Live by faith, not by sight. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of times where what you see isn't what you know is true. And I know that that's kind of confusing. I'm being kind of weird. But the point being is there's a lot of times where you're going to have to say it before you see it. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're taught the opposite that we have to, when we see it, then we'll believe it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this is that one of those verses that really kind of comes at that hard. Yeah, it does. It encourages you um it goes on to say, not in words taught by human wisdom. Mm-hmm. So it encourages you to listen to, as the Holy Spirit speaks to you um, to start speaking that out. Yeah, I think I think God wants us to be bold and to trust him to lead us. You know, especially, I mean, you're talking about hearing, hearing words from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And those will always be in line with the word of God. I mean, obviously, if you're hearing something and it's contrary to the word of God or or encouraging you to sin, that's not the the Lord. That's the devil. I mean, that's obvious. You know, that there there are many spirits and you have to discern. But if you have a word or encouragement that goes along with the word of God, it says God will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So if you have a need, you know that the God's will is to meet your needs, you know, so and and so the Holy Spirit will remind you of that. Yeah. And that's part of his job in our hearts is to help us to walk in the fullness of who, of what God has, has given to us in Christ. So those how, things freely given to us. So how do, I mean, cause obviously we, we'd have to learn a lot of those things and I'm sure we have lots of questions. So how do we know what to ask for? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that's what, what spending time with the Lord will do for you. Um, he kind of stirs up in your heart the things that are important to him. And I think for me, that is the most fulfilling praying is whenever we are uh, praying for God's will to be done in this earth. You know, so as he speaks to us and as we hear his words and his voice and his heart, then we start to speak those things out loud. And because we're made in his image, um, our words that are spoken through his spirit have power. You know, and so it, it, it's, that's just how faith works. So those things taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. And that Holy Spirit is given to us by the, by the father to teach us these things, to know the things freely given to us by God and, and then to encourage us to speak. And I, and I find it's just a natural progression of after you have spent time with the Lord and you um, have studied his word, once you start building your, your understanding up, about a specific topic, like a, let's say you need some healing uh, or some uh, some sort of, maybe you're dealing with a depression or something like that. But when you, when you start hearing what God's word says about those things and you start believing those things and start, com- you start, you just start confessing those things um, to yourself. You know, the, you know, one of the words for meditate is to mutter to yourself. 
And that's kind of what you, you start doing as you're, you know, you're doing the dishes or you're doing your, your driving to work or whatever. Some of those scriptures that you've memorized that have to do with whatever topic it is that you're really focusing on, whether it be your health or your family relationships or whatever, you start meditating on those and muttering them to yourself and you start shifting um, and making them personal, you know, but the Lord will have the, that stuff. It'll just start coming out of it, you. It makes an imprint in you at a deep mental level and emotional yeah. level, right? Yeah. And it changes how you think about yourself and how you think about other people and it changes your behavior. Yeah. You know, I, it really I find does it fascinating. after a while because you'll start to act on these things. Yeah. yeah and, and it'll be natural because that's what you're created to do. So the bottom line on this one is that we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and he's pouring into us and he wants us to receive from God, from the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and to interact with it, to, to, to repeat it, to, 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 to mutter, to meditate, to, 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 to take to it. it all yeah. in. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and to expect it. Yeah. Because uh, sometimes people don't believe that they can, that they don't invest in that relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, they, they sure. just kind of, maybe they go to church and, you know, they hang out and they don't do a whole That's lot with it. it. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's a lot more for you. And I encourage you to go find it. Yeah. You know, it's worth digging for. So the last one, last verse, it's number just five. One. It's just only one. one? It's only one. Oh, okay. Uh, this is Second uh, Corinthians one twenty. And this is in the Amplified, the classic Amplified version. It says, for as many as are the promises of God, they find all their yes answer in him, in Christ. For this reason, we also utter the amen, so be it, to God through him, in his person and by his agency, to the glory of God. And I, I mean, I see a, a theme through a, a lot of these because they, they tell me who I am and they tell me who God is and who Christ is to, to me. And what this scripture is saying, if we go through it, it says, for as many as are the promises of God, they f- all find their yes answer in him. So so let's talk a little bit about the idea of, of pro- the whole idea of a promise. You know, there, there'll be a lot of people that have been in church their whole lives and never really kind of contemplated that God's made a lot of promises, a lot of things that he said, this is what I want to do, right? Or I have done, right? And so how... I mean, from a, from a, I don't want to use, I don't, I don't like using the word religious, but I'm going to use it anyway. The, from the religious perspective, how do we absorb that concept when, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that have always looked at, or, you know, being a Christian is about being good or, or having, having, having to be good and to live a good life. I think you've kind of hit on the, the, the exact pivot point or the exact, I guess, dichotomy between Christianity and religion. Because religion is all about what you have to do to be good. Whereas Christianity is about you can't be good, let Jesus be your good, and trust God for that. And that's a promise, right? It is absolutely a promise. But because of what Jesus did for us, then all the other promises find their yes answer in him. And that's because of his faithfulness, his perfect sacrifice. Yes. Which is really, again, we're back to the why God sent Jesus in the first place is because he wanted to interact with all of us and he needed someone to pave the, pave the road. Yeah. He so wanted, he, he didn't have the legal right. Yeah. He couldn't in the work sense in our lives. Because we had, we were all sold into sin, mm. all sold into Satan's, into Satan. Yeah. You know, into his, 
into his kingdom. Mm-hmm. So he had to, to somehow legally buy us all back. And he used the blood of Jesus to do that because he was perfect and sinless. And so his sacrifice could count for all of us. It's like, it's like, it's like having the golden ticket, right? Yeah. But there's only one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's not five. All right. Well, good. I just wanted to establish that reasoning because as we read as you know, for as many are the promises of God, they all find their yes answer in him in Christ. And so because, so basically saying is because of Jesus, the answer is always yes. It is to all the promises that God's that that, that God as, has as opposed to no because we don't qualify because we've sinned because we've disappointed God because we've we either willfully or or un- unwillfully sinned and and cut ourselves off from Him. But I think the the amazing thing is it says for as many as are the promises of God. That means however many promises of God there are, that many find their yes in Him. And so what what God what Paul is trying to to get through to the Corinthians and to us ultimately, because this is also written to you and I as Christians and believers, um, is that all the promises that were even in the old Testament, that they find their yes in him. And, and what that means is that because of what Jesus did for us and, and standing in our place and being that righteous, perfect, holy sacrifice and switching places so that we've now become righteous and holy, then we qualify like you say, for all those promises now for us. And, and the amazing part about that is, you know, it's, I mean, some of the promises are like, you know, Caleb got the Mount mountain Hebron Hebron. And I mean, you can't, you can't go to that extent, but what I think Paul is, is trying to explain to us is you can, he's trying to say the character of God mm-hmm. is what's reflected in those promises and all of those all that character is still there for you and is directed towards you because of, of Jesus. So you think about like your relationship with your children, like, you know, you want to do good things for them. You want to buy them nice gifts yeah, for Christmas. For sure. You, you want to, you know, make sure that they have, you know, good clothes to wear. They, they've got what they need to go to school. You know what I'm saying? Like all those, all those are things that you want to do. Well, God wants to do those things for us mm-hmm. as his children. Mm-hmm. And there was something in the way that kept it from happening. And Jesus solved that. He took that, he took that barrier away so that now God can do it. So now as God's going, hey, I, I, I got all these promises and things that I want to do in your life, he's freed to do that because the, the answers that Jesus provided in his sacrifice, right? It's always yes. Yeah. So then we go on, we go, and for the reason we also utter amen, so be it, to God through him, right? So even our ability to answer back is because of Jesus. But notice that that's for us to do. Mm-hmm. The the we ability have to agree. so be it so so it's it the nice thing about an interesting thing about a relationship is it takes both parties you know God did a lot God did most of the work here but we still <laughs> yeah. have to receive it we still have to engage so we have to meet God in the middle a little bit yeah for sure well and it's just like anytime there's a gift given it has to be received yeah I mean I could give you a gift but if you don't open it you don't get it no I don't and I don't enjoy it and yeah. it makes you sad yeah and then I don't get the, the joy to seeing you open it yeah mm-hmm. so we, we both be short-circuited there you know and, and God's the same way because he went to a lot of trouble to provide all these things for us yeah but we have to agree and we have to be so willing, be it yes we have to say amen yeah which is so be it make it happen yes yes <laughs> let, let, what let it? it be done yes yeah <laughs> Engage. Yes, engage. 
Yeah, see, and, and that's <laughs> that's our so. part. That's yeah. that's what we have to do. It, you can't just sit around going, well, hope it happens. Yeah, I hope it shows up in my front doorstep. Yeah, you know, whatever. I guess it wasn't I God's guess, will. Yeah. No. no, you have to engage. Yeah, you have to receive, too. Yeah. And what, what's cool about that is it goes on to say, uh, we utter the amen, so be it, to God through him, like you're saying, through because of our because of our relationship with, with God now through Jesus. It's just to the glory of God. So it glorifies God when we receive his promises. So in other words, like and in, in the, the concept of glorifying God really is just giving him credit. For being so good. For, for being so good to us. You yeah. know, in other words, and, and it's not because God's a narcissist. It's, <laughs> it's, it's really because he wants all of his kids to know how awesome he is. He wants everybody. And to have a, a close yeah. relationship with him. And so, you know, he just wants, he wants everyone to see and, and to experience his goodness. Yeah. It really does. It reminds me of John fourteen thirteen, where Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, this will I do so that the father may be glorified in the son. So yeah. the whole point is not just for us to enjoy God's goodness, but for the whole world to see his goodness. Mm-hmm. Because right now the devil is, is working overtime trying to make God out to be the evil judge. Yeah. And that's going to send everybody to hell. Like, and like a, like a mean kid with the micro with a magnifying glass. Yeah. You know, with ants, you know, that that's what the devil's trying to do is to make make all the, uh, the the bad things in the world. That's what they call them. Acts of God. Yeah. Like earthquakes it's, and it's tornadoes. Perverted. It is. It's mm-hmm. not God. Anyway, well, <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are fantastic. Thank you, Sharon, for, for sharing those scriptures with us there. I think those are all. I think there's actually even a little pattern there, but I won't go into that. I won't go into that. Well, that would take us another 44 minutes. So, but thank you for sharing those with us. And we hope that these scriptures uh, encourage you to get in the word. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll make sure that we, uh, we uh, list these out in the show notes so that you can go uh, look them up on your own. But uh, we also encourage you to start thinking about the scriptures that are your favorites and share those with us. Yeah, I'd love to on, hear it. Uh, on social media and, uh, you know, tag us. And, uh, and, and we would really love to see that. That would encourage us a lot. And so, um, and you know, also uh, if you could uh, share the, our podcast with other people that you know uh, would benefit from it, the, that's a ministry in itself. You know, when you think about you having the ability to affect what's going on in someone else's life, you know, and so you never know when you uh, you share something like this with someone how, how it's going to impact their lives or someone they know. And right, it's it, it, sometimes it can domino out quite a few steps. And so I just encourage you to to share what's going on, share the love of Jesus with people, and. And, uh, you know, reach out to us. We want to know what's going on with you. And uh, we, we really appreciate you guys. And so I'm Greg, and this is Sharon. And we know that you can have God's best for your life. And we're here to help.